The following podcast is a presentation of Project Entertainment Network. Welcome to Vicious Whispers with Mark Tullius, your source for horror, sci-fi, suspense, and all things violent. Hey, what's up, guys? Thank you so much for joining me today on Vicious Whispers with Mark Tullius. Today we have episode 152. In the episode, I will be reading from Trying to Die at Grandma's House. I'm only reading one section today because I already did the shift earlier this morning, but I forgot to record it. Woke up at six. I'm like, oh yeah, that's this is awesome. I will uh, record the podcast before uh, the kids are up. I'll edit it when I get back from working out. I'll be able to get all my stuff done. Nope, didn't press record, but it's all good. I've had time to go over my thoughts. Had an awesome yoga session this morning and then lifting. Uh, another positive week of that. Five days. And um, yeah, but let's get to it. Let's get to this week's podcast. What are we talking about today? Today, we are doing readers' questions because we have a bunch, which is awesome. Readers' questions definitely helps me a lot because do you really want to talk about if, if every Friday you had to talk about your week and what was going on? Like, sometimes I'd be like, fuck, I didn't really do much. And you probably wouldn't want to talk about it. So, having questions definitely helps, helps kind of guide me, helps me think about what I might want to talk about. So I really do appreciate the questions. Thank you to everyone that sends them in. If I miss yours, I uh, apologize. I'll try to get to it the next week. Uh, today we have dudes with no shirts on. Um, so you can pick that up and then start. That's only free until tomorrow, the March 12th. And then on the 14th through the 21st, uh, Trying to Dive Books 1 through 3, the box set, Kindle edition. That is $2.99 from 14th through the 21st. So you can get three bucks, three books for three bucks. Wow, that's pretty amazing. Um, the TBI or CTE that just got approved by Findaway, the audiobook. So that's awesome. That is going to be coming out. That's at a discounted rate. I think the launch price on that is $5.99, which is awesome for an audiobook. And Morsels Mayhem is also out. You guys can look for those, pick those up. But let's get to it. Let's get to the reader questions. The first one from Emily Haynes. Emily's been awesome. She asked three questions this week. It's like, hmm. It's kind of greedy, Emily. Kind of greedy. But that's awesome. Emily's awesome. She's been reading everything. She's been super supportive. She's been active in the group. She's leaving incredible reviews. Emily, I appreciate it. Keep the questions coming. Uh, these are great questions, too. Will there be another story collection? All right. So that is something that I go back and forth on. Um, I love short stories. I love writing them. It's been a while since I've been able to really play with them. Uh, what I would often do in between novels is work on a short story uh, or a couple, and that would be my little reward. Uh, the other night, on Friday night, my dad was in the hospital recovering from a hip surgery, so I, my son and I stayed at my mom's house. I brought over a big stack of all my old short stories thinking, well, I could go through these, see which ones are usable, which ones you know I should just get rid of, um, and then maybe I could have another collection. That'd be kind of cool. I mean, I went through a bunch, got... I found, I forget how many it was. This is like 25,000 words worth of short stories, complete short stories. Other people might be happy to have them. I was like, no, I don't want to put my name out on these. I, I don't want to release these. And so those uh, I'll just chuck. There were a bunch of others. I was like, okay, yeah, I could rework that. That one, this one will take a lot of work. This one will take a little bit of work. And I was, so I was thinking about that. I was thinking about doing all that. And then I realized like, well, all of this is really just distracting me from what I need to be doing right now which is working on trying to die at death fest. That is, that should have my full attention right now. And it does, um, besides Derek and other shit in life. Uh, but for writing, 
Uh, my attention is on trying to diet death best, really trying to plug into it. Had a good conversation with Glenn Heaton yesterday about, okay, now we need to layer in music and let's add, you know, some sounds and all these cool little things. So um, that is where my focus is. If I go to a short story collection, I'm just going to be distracted. So as much as I would like to have put out something else, um, I just have too much going on. And then, and it's nonstop too, because this weekend, Evan is giving me trying to die, uh, dark fairy tale a couple thousand words there so i'll have to play i'll, I'll get to play with that for a couple days that'll be a lot of fun um i should be getting the western back from john palisano soon i should be getting uh caitlin's almost done with uh at summer camp so i got my hands full uh right now trying not to die that is my focus i got to make sure to keep it that way second question is there a genre of books you do not like to read for sure what matters most is the writing style if i like the author's writing style if i like the narrator's voice then i'll read it doesn't probably probably doesn't matter what it is i i, no, I don't want to read romance i'm not really big into erotica um unless there's lots of pictures i need pictures um what else what else uh don't think i've ever read a western um but again it, the plot really doesn't matter I, I care more about the characters actually tom spanbauer's work uh that surprised me um but it was literary is beautiful but I did enjoy that. So uh, I think, you know, with music, I used to always limit myself. I was like, I'm only listening to heavy metal. I'm only listening to heavy metal. You know, and for so long, I missed a lot of other cool music. I still mainly only listen to heavy metal, but I, I play lighter versions of it now. But that's kind of how it is with my with reading. Um, I generally just want to read stuff where there's suspense, where there's danger, where, yeah, I think having an element of danger is really important for me like i can't i can't imagine writing stories some of these short stories of mine that i was looking at um i was like there's nothing like no one dies what's the point of the story if there's no like there's no violence no one dies there's no danger uh so that's i i think i like to read what i like to write um her third question do you think you and duncan ralston could write a try not to die i definitely think we can yeah this is super awesome because i think it was at the Back in, I don't know, maybe December last year, um, I reached out to Duncan because I had noticed that lots of his books were on my books, uh, also bought list. You know, so people that were buying my books were also buying Duncan's books. So that's an excellent indicator that, you know, it's a similar style. Uh, or, you know, the, the, the crossover in fans is usually a good indicator. So I wanted to check him out. His stuff looked funny. Followed him on social media. Could tell he was funny. Um, I liked his humor. And so I asked him about the try not to die. And then we were going back and forth. I uh, needed to do some stuff with a lawyer, change the contract up a little bit, get all that fixed up, did all that. And uh, in the meantime, I had read The Midwives, really liked it. And I was like, okay, for sure, this will be an awesome book. I really hope he does it. Um, and then I read Womb and loved it. You know, even though it was extreme horror, I, I really enjoyed the style. I it's going to be a really easy book for us to write because I think our styles match up so well. And um, yeah, so we are going to write one. I don't know when his is going to come out. He's working on a novel right now. As soon as he finishes that, he's probably going to jump on this, but there's no time rush. I was telling him because we do have so many books uh, that are in the works right now, but when his comes out, we will push it right to the front of the line um, and we will have another try not to die out. So that's cool. And we don't know what we're writing about. Some with all the other books, generally before I sign a contract with someone, like, okay, yeah, let's let's work out what let's agree on what we want to write. Um, you know, who's gonna do what and blah 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 blah. 
but with him i was like you know what let's just figure it out as we go whatever it's going to be it'll be awesome um and so very excited about that thank you duncan for joining the trying to die team uh just makes me that much more confident that this series is going to take off eventually remember you can help us tell your friends leave a review leaving reviews would be huge leaving a rating a book recommendation on book club Fuck, there's so much you can do you can you can do this come on guys come on make me rich no don't make me rich make my co-authors rich um all right paul young another question from paul he had one couple weeks ago he is interested in how having joint authors works uh how does putting it all together work do you have heated exchanges if things don't go to plan all right so that's an excellent question thank you paul i used to fear that i think that's one of the reasons that's one of the things that almost made me not even go into collaborating because i knew how difficult it was for me to take advice or suggestions or the first time i had an editor tear apart my book like with Brightside, i got defensive and i so i was like oh, i don't want that I don't want to be on the other end of that. I don't want to be the person suggesting stuff and this writer getting defended, you know, offended and then back and forth. I was like, I just don't want that. So, but with Anthony, we didn't have that. With Donna, there was none of that. So I make sure everyone knows upfront, like, hey, this is a collaboration. We'll figure out the best way that it works. Everyone's going to be different with Sage's book with the Wizard's Tower. I did very little because Sage is an excellent writer. Uh, him and Tom were my mentors at one point and uh he's a dungeon master he knows fantasy so there wasn't really a whole lot i could do except put it into the right format and you know give suggestions and uh do editing type stuff um other people are you know i did something with, with donna's book with Brightside. i did the majority of the writing but then she helped build my character and kind of uh guided some decisions and stuff like that i would go to her like hey is this what would happen what do you think about this and she so she helped the book that way so every Every instance is different, but um, yeah, I don't want any, I don't want any headache. I tell everyone it's, this is low pressure. This should be something that's fun. I want it to be successful, but I want it to be a very low pressure, just cool. Everyone's happy. Like I want, I want each of these people to be happy with their book. Uh, I want to be happy with it as well, but yeah. So Paul, hopefully that answers your question. Um, there shall be no heated exchanges about writing in this household between myself and co-authors, between other people in this house, I can have heated arguments all the time. All right, the last one is from Alvin Pateras, my assistant. This dude is awesome. If you guys have watched any of the videos, uh, the professional videos, that's all his work. He does an amazing job with that. Uh, he's been super supportive, super encouraging. I uh, really appreciate you, Alvin. He had a really cool question. He didn't even mean this for the podcast. He would just ask me in an email, uh, but he said he's heard from my podcast that when I wrote horror before, where I draw the darkness from was from all my negative experiences. They asked, as an artist, would you say that you need to go back into that source to feel the same emotions you felt when you wrote those horror stories? Do you have to go to a dark place when you write horror? So, yes, I used to always go to that place. I go to go to a place of pain. I think um, so. You know, a moment where you know you wished your parents were dead and you feel shame about it, or that time you got beat up and you felt you know, more shame or there was anger or whatever these moments were when you're really scared, like going to those moments, trying to get those emotions and then put them into the character. So that's definitely been a big thing. On Wednesday, we did a, my first hypnosis session about getting rid of anger. So um, 
it was interesting. We'll see. I, I learned a lot of lessons. I actually printed them up. I had to, during the hypnosis, I had to talk about the lessons I learned looking at those moments. Um, when I'm angry, I don't say the truth. Uh, being angry doesn't make me a bad person. Uh, it's usually only hurting me. I can control my anger. I learned to use love before anger. All kinds of good stuff like that. So these are messages I have to read during the week. And But at the end of the hypnosis session, she had me go back to one of those moments, like a painful moment. She's like, okay, go back there. Now, can you feel those same emotions? And I realized that I couldn't. Like it was just, it just they weren't there. So hopefully she didn't just fuck up all my writing because that would suck if I couldn't access my dark side anymore. I don't think that's going to be a problem though. I'm going to work on all, I just want to tell her about all the anger and I'll just keep a little, little ball bunched up and uh, yeah, she'll never know. I'll say, tell her she did an awesome job. So I will, uh, I'm sure I'll always have some darkness inside of me. Um, this guy, this guy has been fucking causing me to procrastinate a bit. He filmed a video. Well, last week he did, or might have been this week, he did, he reviewed Duncan's womb. Uh, and so I was like, okay, is playing with a puppet a huge waste of my time? Because I, like I'm talking about, I have limited time. Uh, the other day I was about to go smoke. It was, I don't know, 4.30. I'm like, I saw a womb laying there. I saw Derek. I'm like, Derek likes to get high. So we got high. He did a book review of womb. It probably only took like maybe 10, 15 minutes to film another 20 minutes, 30 minutes to edit it and put it out there. So it wasn't like it took up a ton of time. I had fun doing it. Um, and so part of me was like, eh, waste of time. Other part was like, no, it was fun. Why, why not do it? And then I filmed another one in the sauna. I'll probably put that out tomorrow. There was another one where he uh, filmed it about his hypnosis session. I don't know how that one turned out, but whatever. Just interesting. But again, I think it all goes back to like my philosophy is like, fuck. We could die tomorrow, so why not have fun today? Do what you want to do today. Uh, the rest of the day for me is going to be, I'm going to be editing this. I'll do a newsletter real quick. I'll take my daughter singing, have a nice talk in the car. Who knows what I'll be doing in the car. Yesterday, it was a Zoom session with Glenn talking about writing. Today, I might take my writing in the car, do that. I might take my guitar. I don't know, but I'm going to make it cool. I'll make it fun. Come home, play video games with the family. And that's about it. And then see some family, uh, extended family this weekend. So looking forward to that as well. All right, guys, enough about me and all this bullshit. Let's get to the story. Bum, bum, bum. Trying not to die at grandma's house. That's what we're doing. At the end of the last section, you have to make a choice. You're inside the house. You're watching Sam walk towards the woods. Um, you're worried about her, but you're also tired of going after her. You're inside with your grandma. You could decide either to follow Sam or stay with your grandma. Now, if you're the kind of person that would hang out and stay with your grandma, you kind of deserve to die. And I'm not even going to read it to you. So we're just going to go with the scene. If you followed Sam. I scream Sam's name as I run out the door, but she won't stop. I follow her into the trees. And again, I trip on a branch and stumble. Dang it. Will you slow down? The only reason I catch up is she stopped at the tree with the three claw gashes. Grandma said to stay away from the fence, I say. Then go back. I thought you wanted to go home. If Grandpa finds out we... He's not here. I'm not leaving until I find out what's back there. It didn't kill Tim. Yeah? Grandma tell you that? I clench my teeth. Sam obviously trusts her less than I do, and I hate that she's smarter than me right now. Still, I say, she also said those creatures only come out at night, but how do you know? I'm hoping this will scare her enough to turn her around. 
but she barely hesitates before pushing further into the forest. I try to keep up, but she's fast, cutting in between trees and angling up to the right. Then she's gone. The causing chirps fill my ears. My heart's thumping against my chest, and I start to call out Sam's name, but I know I'll just sound like a whiny baby. I walk towards where I saw her last, figuring I'm going to hit the fence eventually, but I don't see it. I wonder if I'm even heading the right way. Everything still looks the same. There's a rustling and a shriek. It's not Sam, but I take off running, find her picking up a rock and throwing it up into a tree. I'm terrified she's found another creature, something worse, but then, quit it, Charlie calls out. He's up in the tree, clinging to a branch. Another rock cracks off the trunk. You spying on us, Sam says. It's a free country, Charlie says, and presses his face to the branch to avoid another rock. Sam, stop that. She picks up another rock and I grab her arm, force her to drop it. My grandpa has a gun and he'll shoot you, Sam says. Then my daddy will shoot him. Sam goes for another rock, but I pull her back. Leave him alone. What's wrong with you? He's trespassing. I don't get why Sam's so mad, but I figure it has to do with last night. Whenever she shows an ounce of weakness, she turns on everyone. Last fall, she twisted her ankle on the playground and started crying. The kids had never seen her do that, and they gathered and laughed. She punched Wade Waldron in the ball so hard, I don't think he'll ever have kids. Charlie, why are you up there? I ask. I find him a little less creepy than the first time we met him. Maybe it's something about him being up in the tree, or maybe it's the way he's holding onto the branch for dear life. He says, I saw Joe burying ashes this morning. Figured you all saw one of the soul suckers last night. I was waiting to see if one of you was dead. Charlie instinctively ducks, clearly expecting another rock. But Sam's not angry, just curious. She walks under him. What are those things? Daddy says they're from hell. They, train, they drain you clean and take your spirit. That's dumb, Sam says. But I can tell she's considering it. I say, our grandparents say they're mutations. That someone let out some exotic pet and mated it with something out here. Well, if anyone released it, it was Joe and Barb. We never had nothing like that until they moved in. The huge fence is about 20 feet behind Sam. She turns and looks up at it and calls up to Charlie. Can you see what's over there? Maybe, but I don't give information for free. Sam scowls. I think she's going to chuck something else, but she starts climbing the tree. I tell her to stop, but Sam's like a little monkey. Charlie's trembling, probably figuring she's coming to chuck him off the branch. There ain't room for two. She pays him no mind and crawls onto the branch, which starts to bend. Sam, stop. Come on, be careful. Finally, she stops crawling and looks out over the fence. Her eyes scan the area. I don't see nothing. That's because you scared it. Now go back down. You go back. I was here first. I'm waiting for Charlie's scream and the thud of his body hitting the ground, but Sam keeps her distance, keeps looking. What do you see? I say. Nothing. A, a field and dirty pond. That's his bath. He likes to sit in there when it's hot. How do you know it's a he? Sam asks. I've seen his thingy. It's huge and all hairy. Sam's face scrunches up in disgust. Then her eyes narrow. What's that over there? That, that might be him. I'm going crazy. I can't see a thing. The tree looks sturdy, but I'm not a good climber. When I was Sam's age, I fell out of the tree behind our house, shattered my wrists and two fingers. Hey, I think he's coming out, Sam says. Charlie says, shh, you're going to scare him. No, I'm not. Sam, I say and trail off. I need to do something. All right, guys, what are you going to do? You're going to find another way to look, ask Sam what she sees, or climb up the tree. That is, find another way to look, ask Sam what she sees, 
or climb up the tree. Two of those ways will get someone killed. So choose wisely, mofos. All right, hope you have an incredible week. I'm out of here. Later. This has been a presentation of the Project Entertainment Network.